It's that time again, that familiar crossroads of choosing between basketball and hockey. You can't choose, they're both on. Why are they both on? Relax, we have a solution. Buffalo Wild Wings, rather than fill your living room with TVs, come to B-dubs. We've got hockey and basketball on, each playing on dozens of screens so you don't have to choose. And to complete the trifecta, we can ensure you have access to all the sports food you crave. From our selection of America's favorite wings in any of our 21 signature sauces and seasonings to shareable favorites like cheddar cheese curds and fried pickles, you'll have everything you've ever wanted. But wait, we also have a variety of beers to quench your thirst. All the basketball, all the hockey, all the food and the beer you want. Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports. Please drink responsibly. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I am Charles Curtis, uh, host of the Tuesday edition, and I am here uh, with an awesome guest this week. You've heard her uh, on a previous edition of the podcast with me talking about college football, but she writes a lot about NASCAR for For the Win, and she's down in Daytona as we speak. It's Michelle Martinelli. Michelle, what is going on? Hi, Charles. Um, I am enjoying the summer-like weather down here as opposed to winter storms where I'm usually from. It is great. <laughs> you are just going to make us all very jealous. Um, and before yeah, I we, am. we started recording, we <laughs> talked about how uh, during this recording, it turns out in New York City, it's about 55 degrees. So I'm actually okay with that. And, and you know, after all that hard work at the Daytona 500 and speed <laughs> weeks, like you deserve to look at the ocean and, and chill out. So, um, yeah, I wanted to kind of talk about uh, the weekend and the Daytona 500 and kind of the future of NASCAR because it seems like we've had a bit of a changing of the guard in the last couple of years. And, and uh, all of a sudden, the, the future of the sport is staring in the face with um, a guy like Austin Dillon winning and uh, all these kind of young guns stepping up. So what was was that your kind of big takeaway from the whole week and the weekend in general was like that, that, that you know, suddenly there's no Dale Earnhardt Jr. anymore and we're staring into like a, a new chapter? Um, a, a little bit. So uh, a big storyline coming into this season has been that NASCAR is really pushing the narrative of these younger drivers. And, you know, there's a few older ones like Kyle Busch, for example, who aren't necessarily thrilled that people who haven't quite earned their dues, perhaps, in the sport are getting so much more attention. That's just NASCAR's marketing strategy. Um, but but it was very much it, it was very clear going into this race that the young guns as they as they have been termed over the last. Shall I lose you? To note when you look at race like this and the opening of the season and all that that um, Daytona is kind of a beast in itself and it's not necessarily indicative of what's going to happen in future races or um, even you know season overall it's absolute chaos anything can happen anyone can win and all of those things did happen so so yeah so austin dylan winning basically was like kind of the, the sign that that uh it's no longer your your dale earnhardt jr uh uh jeff gordon years where we're now you know jimmy johnson it, it's it's kind of a new chapter but are fans embracing it I think some are. Um, I think that a lot are embracing the, um, the the Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman side of it out of a loyalty, still having loyalty to Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Jimmy Johnson, and so by extension, Hendrick Motorsports and all of their younger drivers. Um, and so I think there are a lot of fans that are embracing that there. And actually, um, I spoke to Kevin Harvick um, a couple days ago before the race, and he was talking about how um, 
Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Chase Elliott have something that no one else in NASCAR has, and that's a legacy. That's your, your father was, uh, Chase Elliott's father was Bill Elliott, who is the only driver to ever be um, voted most popular driver more times than Dale Jr. And so they have something that kind of connects um, racing fans to the older roots of the good old days. And so a lot of people are very much embracing him specifically as a younger driver. Austin Dillon, who won the Daytona 500, is definitely still in that category. I would just put it on a smaller scale. He races for his grandfather, who is Richard Childress. Um, and so that was a great story tied all into that. But um, I could can certainly say that going into this, I don't think anybody expected Austin Dillon to come away with a win from this. And that's not to say that he's not a good driver because he, he did win actually the Coke 600 last year. Um, but I just, I think that um, it was just a bit of a surprise. Yeah, it seemed that way. I mean, the other the other kind of uh, thing I had to ask you about because you wrote a lot about it was Danica Patrick being there. Um, and I want to ask first about Danica. We'll, we'll get to the, the, the gossipier side of Danica Patrick in a second. But, but you know, given that, that she didn't finish the race or uh, crashed out, um, what is ultimately Danica's legacy in NASCAR? And I, we can talk about racing beyond, but in NASCAR, do you feel like she has a legacy of some sort that, that you can kind of take away? Absolutely. I, I think it's really disappointing for her to end her NASCAR career not finishing the race. Um, I think I talked to a number of different fans um, over the weekend and, you know, a lot, you know, plenty said that they want her to win and they want her to do well and all that. But there were a lot that accepted the realities of the craziness of Daytona and how I, anything can happen. And so a lot of people just really wanted her to finish. And so I think that was just disappointing all around that her NASCAR career ended in a wreck that she had nothing to do with. She was simply in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, but as far as her, her legacy goes, I, I think it's it's worth noting that she's she's certainly not the first woman to race in NASCAR or, you know, race in IndyCar for that matter. But she is the first one to do it consistently and do it at the at the top level of the sport consistently and and there are people that will say well she never won a race she never did this she never did that there are plenty of other drivers on the circuit who never win races who who go their whole career maybe and, and don't necessarily do anything spectacular but what she has kind of done has set set a mark it's very hard to be the first woman to do something the first or the first person to do something to to punch through a barrier and not just do it but successfully do it and she raced in nascar for eight years and um i i would hope that i uh, i think the the feeling that a lot of fans have of her fans have that um she inspired a lot of women into racing so they uh, speculated that in a couple years we will see the effects, the, the Danica Patrick effect, essentially uh, several women competing um, and trying to push their way into NASCAR's top series. And you already have several who are in some of those developmental series working their way up, not necessarily because of Danica, but she, she definitely opened that door because it's very hard to be the first at something. Yeah. And I think that's wonderful. I think that's, that's, you know, th that in and of itself is a legacy. And I think 
sort of ignoring some of the the uh, the the results partially because you know hey like you're right other drivers have not had the success that that she's had in general in life um, and they're not having the success at the NASCAR level um, and I just it's funny I, I'm going to at some point before the Indy 500 right because she's going to be in the Indy 500 that's her last last race officially right. It is. Yeah, she actually, um, by mistake, let it slip that she does have her ride secured for um, the Indy 500. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm definitely going to uh, watch it like a bunch of times. Maybe I'll even post it on the Internet. Um, that that race that she won as in, it was, I think it was in an Indy car, you know, before she made it to NASCAR, because mm -hmm. that was one of the greatest moments in sports for me. Like, I, I legitimately feel I've watched that video a hundred times just being like, listening to the you know the announcements and, and her reaction and just that that moment that breakthrough in, in its own way and I just I, I feel like people forget that uh, with, with Danica and I it's unfortunate and she you're I think that's a really good point that you just made that that there's so much with her that doesn't just go with winning well and and I think part of it is um, people forget that she won that, and, and I don't, I honestly don't know how you can call this a strike against this, her IndyCar win from 2008, um, but some people say, oh, it wasn't on American soil, so it doesn't yeah. really count, like, I, what? People <laughs> what? really say that? I, it, yeah, really, oh, like, on. what on earth is the difference? It is a, an in, it was an IndyCar sanctioned race with the rest of the field that is always in the race is um and just because she happened to win in japan it, it, it somehow oh well, it doesn't count she never won on american soil Who that, that is absurd <laughs> yeah oh that is absurd that is absolutely <laughs> absurd um support for the for the win podcast comes from our friends at rocket mortgage by quicken loans they understand that home plays a big role in your life and family that's why they created rocket mortgage rocket mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. It's simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage you get a transparent, online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. It's convenient. Our trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at the touch of a button. And in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com FTW. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Uh, so yeah, so we're here again, everybody. We're with Michelle Martinelli, writes about NASCAR and, and other things for For the Win. Um, now I have to ask you about your experience uh, following Danica and Aaron Rodgers. Did you did you spend a lot of times <laughs> following them this this weekend? I have to ask. You know, obviously Danica's weekend. This wasn't all about. You know, I want to preface this. It's not all about Aaron Rodgers and who's her boyfriend and who isn't. But it was part of the story. I mean, he he gave her a smooch before the race. He was there. <laughs> So, you know, I don't know, any, any anecdotes from that? Um, I, I, you know, I, I wish I had more. Um, <laughs> they, peep, they keep the drivers fairly secluded um, from the rest of the chaos that happens inside racetracks. You know, their, their motorhomes and stuff like that are in a, a specific area. But what was surprising is we saw him watching one of the qualifying events Thursday night from her pit box. 
Mm. Which and she had told me a couple weeks um, before this race that she had expected him like that he was going to be there and um, all that, but she didn't really elaborate uh, and wouldn't really elaborate on um, beyond saying that he was going to be there for the weekend. So in my mind, I'm thinking weekend could mean just Sunday, weekend could mean Saturday and Sunday. So I wasn't really sure. So it was a little actually surprising to see him on pit road um, watching the qualifying race from her pit box Thursday night. Um, and then, yeah, and then, of course, he was he was on the grid with her and her family before the race started. And, you know, she was doing her driver introductions. She was taking a while to get there. And it was... Um, you know, but there was a, a nice swarm of reporters everywhere, a little bit of chaos. Um, and, and, but you know, you, you saw him talk and sit there and talk to her sister and her mom and, and chat with her, with her niece. And it kind of seemed just like it, it didn't give off the vibe that anything was new or that anything was awkward or uncomfortable or weird. It was just, yeah, he's just sitting there chatting with her family. No big deal. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> no, I think that's. I think it's great. I, I, I think it was really cool because I know that Aaron Rodgers seems to be like a very private person uh, about a lot of things. There's an ESPN the magazine article written about him, you know, profile. Uh, I think last year just about how he kind of keeps to himself and 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 he's this really smart dude who you know will talk uh, to you for four hours about all kinds of topics. But when it comes to kind of the public eye that he's trying to stay out of it, you know, and obviously that it didn't help what, you know, and they talked about how he dated Olivia Munn and all that. And so like, it's really interesting to see now, you know, when, when he's in the spotlight with Danica in the spotlight too. So I, uh, and, and you should all read Michelle's stuff. It was great coverage <laughs> of, of that as well. What, what was another cool or a couple of other cool or other cool things come to mind that you experienced, saw that you think are like really cool for NASCAR uh, heading into the season? Well, so it was really interesting, actually. I, I was very much keeping an eye out for if there was any shift in fan perspective now that... ...walking around the, the, the infield. I spent all my time in the infield because it's really just too difficult to go in and out. Um, and so if you were walking around the infield, you, you never would have known that he was not racing. There was Earnhardt this everywhere and Earnhardt that everywhere. And um, even when he, he, he was the grand marshal for the race, so he was the one who gave that, the, what's called the most famous words in motorsports, uh, drivers, start your engines. He gave that command and the roar of you could I was outside when it happened and you could almost feel it vibrating inside there just the roar of that fans were just so excited to see him and the cheer for someone who wasn't even in the race was still just so powerful and not surprising but had you said you know you never would have known that Dale Earnhardt Jr. was not racing in that race just judging by how many people were still like so clad in all Earnhardt family apparel. It was very interesting. And, uh, and you know, he actually even had a, he had a great weekend. His um, driver in the second tier Xfinity series on Saturday night ended up winning. And so he was having a pretty good weekend. And uh, yesterday, actually, he went off to uh, Pyeongchang for the Olympics. 
This is just so fascinating to me because uh, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Michelle writes has written in the last year a ton about Dale Earnhardt Jr. Partially, be, you know, obviously because everybody loves him, and 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 uh, this was his his sort of farewell farewell tour. And the really funny thing for me is I kept seeing like you know Michelle writing about Dale Earnhardt Jr. <laughs> again, and I was like, you know what, he's not going away. And and what you're saying no. is, is true. So that that's really cool that like while he's retired from the track, he's he's still going to be present he you know he's still got a foot in 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 the sport it seems like and that's i think that's that's really kind of fun and also great for your dale Earnhardt junior coverage um, no it absolutely is and, and he's yeah. you know um he's doing broadcasting for nbc and they that's take right. over broadcasting the races in july so fans will get to see him on tv at least once a week every week for Several months. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's uh, it's great for everybody. Um, what was your takeaway with Bubba Wallace? Because I, I, I've sort of, I've been fascinated by his story in the last year or so, and 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 now you know, second place finish, and suddenly like you know, that's kind of a big step forward now. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, Bubba has had a an interesting couple of years, but really in the last year, um, last year he subbed in for an injured driver um, for Richard Petty Motorsports. Um, he subbed in for four races in the Cup Series while that driver recovered. And um, while that was happening, he lost his Xfinity Series ride in the second tier series. Um, that company essentially just didn't have the money to keep going forward. Um, so he, he didn't race consistently last year. And so you could see the excitement every single time someone asked him about anything related to this year. He was just so excited to be back in a car and consistently in a car and, and then to be driving for, um, a NASCAR legend in, in Richard Petty was, he was just all very excited about that. And, um, and it's really great to see, I think that's, um, going, kind of going back to what you were saying about some of the younger guys taking over the sport, I think this is all part of the, the greater trend in, in a sense because he he came in second and he, he really had a chance. That it looked like he was going to have a chance there at the end. And he um, it, it seemed like when he kind of realized that it wasn't going to be him, gave Austin Dillon a little bit of an extra push to get him across the finish line um, as a you know fellow Chevy driver, and it was really touching to see you know he came down after the race, came in the media center, sat down, and as he's about to start answering the first question, his mom comes up on stage and gives him a hug, and then his sister comes up and he just loses it, and it was so heartwarming and touching to see someone just with that pure raw emotion after doing something that he, he called his second place finish horrible because it's, it is pretty tough to finish second in a race like that. But at the same time, he had to remind himself, wait, that's actually awesome. And it, it was just, it was a wonderful moment to see him embrace with his family. And um, not only was that his second place finish the highest for any rookie in the Daytona 500, it was also the highest for an African-American driver in the Daytona 500. Um, and I think that sort of sends a message that, you know, you, you kind of knew he was already going to be ready to compete and he was wanted to contend and he was very hungry after not racing consistently last year. 
Um, but I think that's the message that this sends going forward that, you know, Bubba Wallace is with a smaller team and they don't necessarily have the, um, the, the teammates and all quite all the resources that some of the big ones have, but he's definitely out there to contend. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's an amazing story. And, and I'm, I'm excited to see kind of where it goes from here. And, and like you said, if he's in a, a, one of the lesser team cars and, and he's finishing second, like that could be, that could be kind of huge, like for him to compete at, at that top level. Cause we know that if you're with one of the major teams, you're doing fine. But if you're not like sometimes there's cost cutting, there's so, you know, these factors that, that play in, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and really Bubba is just kind of a, a complete package. He, he's in that generation of, or in that category of these younger kids that are really using social media to engage with their fans and interact with people. And really he's, he's a great Twitter follow. Um, he is like super into heavy metal and has his own drum set and will occasionally post videos of him just rocking out. And sometimes they include his, I call him his NASCAR BFF uh, fellow driver, Ryan Blaney. The two of them will sometimes just post videos of them rocking out together. And it's just little things like that make you, help you engage with fans and build your fan base and your following and just add, shed a little light on your personality when you're not behind the wheel, when you're not serious, determined competitor. You're also fun, entertaining guy who just likes to hang out with his friends and goof around and mess around and stuff like that. Uh, and that and that kind of brings me to the last thing I, I, I was curious about, which is that that's what NASCAR needs, right? Like they need these drivers to have serious. And I'm not saying the previous drivers didn't have personalities, but it seems to me in the the era of of uh, Twitter and social media and and you know the way that I think sometimes NASCAR struggles for identity these days, um, that social media is where you're going to fall in love with a driver because he is a drummer and he's, you know, you know, I don't know, goofing around on, on Instagram or whatever it is, right? Like, is that mm-hmm. what the sports need needs ultimately to, to kind of thrust itself into the next the next chapter? I think so. I, I don't think that will do it by itself, but it certainly needs to. And what's really interesting actually about that dynamic is for being 43 years old and one of the older guys is Dale Jr. was the best NASCAR driver at social media. Yes, he was. And engage, it's, it's remarkable that someone who had to be convinced by Jimmy Johnson years ago that social media would be a valuable tool to him is now better at social media than everybody else. And I think a lot of younger drivers have recognized that and realized that you know, it's about engaging with your fans. It, it's, it is very special to, you know, for them to meet a driver at the track or something like that, but not everybody has that opportunity. And so if for some people, if, if your favorite driver replies to you on Twitter, you know, that's, that, that strengthens that relationship and that loyalty. And I think there are, there are guys like Ryan Blaney and Bubba Wallace and, Um, some of these younger guys that are really taking advantage of that and embracing that. Whereas some of the guys who are a little bit in the older generation, not even, you know, not even forties, but like some guy like Kyle Busch, who's in his early thirties, he is not engaging on social media the way some of these other people are because he's pretty, he's pretty content with his fan base and where it is and how much they, they like him. But as the sport continues to shift to focus on some of these younger guys, 
the way you're going to draw in fans in general to the sport and draw in fans specifically to identify with these particular drivers is going to be through social media because not everybody has the opportunity to go to racetracks and get their autographs and see you in the garage and stuff like that. And so it, it's very noticeable, especially now with Dale Jr. out, you know, Jimmy Johnson responds very entertainingly sometimes, but responds to Twitter trolls occasionally. But some of these younger guys really are engaging with their fans on social media and that there's no way that that can't help boost them and the sport in a bigger picture. Yeah, and, and especially now that we've got a transition period uh, upon us. Um, what, what's your, remind everybody, what's your Twitter handle so they can follow you? It's mmartinelli4. All right. Four, but not three, like 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 Dale's old, you know, like like the you know the number three car, which we know one. <laughs> no, it's not. It's you uh, the, mark. the number four. I did. <laughs> um, well, but it works for the win. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, there you go. And and she ends with a, a great joke, which which I'm very uh, a big fan of. Um, you all should read uh, Michelle's stuff because uh, even if you're not a NASCAR fan, she really does get into uh, uh, stuff that is interesting for all sports fans and non-sports fans. So you should follow her, Michelle. Thanks so much for taking the time out from uh, Dayton. Tona, and uh, I'll see you online. And thanks everybody for listening. Thanks so much, Charles. 